Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. This is your Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 32 of Guns and Yellow Ribbons, where we're going to finalise the pre-season. We're going to look at the end of the transfer window. Um, We're going to preview the Man City game. And we're talking about the big news. Stan Kroenke takes over our club. I hope you enjoy the show. Tonight I am joined by Trevor, by Mike and Manny. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too. Hello, good evening, welcome again to episode 32 of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Uh, wherever you are in the world, it's good afternoon, good evening, good morning. Um, tonight, uh, we've got quite a lot to talk about. It's tonight in London. Um, uh, we've got a few of us on. Um, I've got, obviously, Manny, who has been hanging around and hanging around and hanging around. We just can't seem to get rid of him. Um, back from deepest, darkest, uh, Central and South America, uh, Mike from Boston um, is back with us. And we're also joined by somebody new. And the new person we're joined by is Trev, Trev Ford. Um, Trev is from the Watford region, I believe. He's been supporting Arsenal for about... 30 years um first game he ever saw i believe was uh at vicarage road about 80 89 it was a, a reserve game but trev has got a confession to say about um the rest of his family trev you might as well uh come out and explain what about your brother is it your dad your sister who is it come on talk to me <laughs> my sister my late father my brother Two of his sons are all yids. Praise the Lord, you oh, saw no. the light. You saw the light. I know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mike, how are you doing? Good uh, afternoon, good evening, gentlemen. Uh, it's a pleasure to be back. Um, it's been a hectic couple of weeks, but hopefully now we got everything sorted and I will be back to the regular uh, appearance on a weekly basis and giving uh, Manny a hard time as usual. And just to preface my introduction, Way, I'm sure Santi. you can hear, um, Santi is back for today. I'm working from home, so he may or may not appear in the background. But then again, I think it might be better to listen to him share his opinion than Manny's uh, smoke alarm beeping. Or his hoover. Yeah, the vacuuming as well. Yeah, are the, are, are the kids out in the playground? How's that uh, to uh, get you fired up, Manny? Come on, answer, Manny. That was weak. Um, you got to try a little bit harder than that. <laughs> <clears throat> to be fair, nothing is going to get me more wound up than what's on the agenda. So, yeah, that was weak. So, what, the pre-season has got you that wound up? You know exactly what's got me wound up. You, you Listen, know what's got me wound up. It, it, it this is going to be a good one. It doesn't take a lot to get you wound up, Manny, does it? Well, really, but listen, let's just, let's just get started. You know, because the longer right. we leave it, the longer it's going to be painful for everyone else. So let's get to it. Okay, so so first of all, obviously, as I said in the in in the prelude, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to touch briefly on the preseason, the Chelsea game in Dublin, uh, only because it was Dublin, um, the Lazio game, if you if you looked at it, and then we'll we'll just look at transfer windows and so on and go on from there. But uh, who watched the Chelsea game? Trevor, do you want to go first as you're our new guest? What did you make of the um, the game in Dublin? Did you first of all, it would help. Did you watch the game uh, in in the Chelsea game in in Dublin? And what's your thoughts right. on preseason? 
like all the pre-season games I've looked at the highlights we just go abroad to earn money or we have the Emirates Cup to earn a few quid as well it's not as important as it used to be for fitness and everything because there's just no focus on it anymore there's no structure there's no structure. In what, in what sense? What do you mean? Well, one year we can go to Singapore. The next year we can go to America. There's, it's structured around the tour and the Emirates Cup. It's not structured around getting fit for the season. That's the way I see it. But do you not think that nowadays that a lot of players don't really get unfit? If you go back to the days of Alan Brazil, uh, Razor Ruddock, uh, Tony Adams, whatever, back in the in, in the 80s, they they had the old Tuesday club, didn't they? Where they where they go out on the piss and stuff like that. I don't think even footballers drink that much now. They're constantly getting fit, and when they leave the training ground and the last day of the season, they're given by Burgess or whoever is in charge. Um, they, they they're given a, a fitness regime to follow throughout the summer to maintain fitness so that they come back in and they're almost ready to go again. Do you, do, you, do you not think that it's probably more as you say? It is about raising money. And it is about raising awareness and stuff about the, the club. The only thing I did like about this preseason is it was a weird tournament, but the, it all seemed to be, be a little bit interlinked. Anybody else have any thoughts on that? Ugh, I, I, I don't care for the preseason tours. Um, I really don't. Um, it's it's funny enough. I kind of agree with Trev on this one. It's just where can we make the most money? Where where can we generate the most money? Um, it's all politics to me. Um, it's it, it's fine. You know, you can go there. You can you know embrace fans that don't get to see you guys. You know, as 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 much. But really, uh, that do not care for for preseason. Um, most of the games I watch them on um I watch highlights. Um, to watch the Chelsea game um, on highlights, and one thing was clear: Bellerin couldn't cross his T's. He, he, he poof, anyway. Uh, yeah. Go that, on, that, Trevor. You were going to say something as well. Uh, it's the Sorry. same as the visit Rwanda thing. It there was always going to be some backlash for it, but we were just going to ride it out and take the thirty-five million. It's all. It's it's just the same sort of thing with pre-season. We do it strictly for the money and we face the consequences afterwards. Okay. Mike, um, did you watch... Because I think... Did you watch the Lazio game? Yeah, I actually watched... Uh, I think I watched all of them, or at least the ones that were broadcast. I didn't watch the first two. I think Borhamwood I didn't watch. But uh, I think to touch on what Manny said and Trev, uh, obviously it's a way to make money. It's a way to expand the brand. Um, but I think... For us that don't live in the UK, I think it's an opportunity for us to kind of see the, the club, see the players, see the management, and just kind of reestablish that connection that maybe we don't have because we don't live there and we don't get the opportunity to, you know, make a trip down to the Emirates or, or well, go to an away match and watch them as well. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but uh, I, I, that was the very reason that... Um James Tricker, he went out to the Australia tour and he got to see Arsenal and, you know, they had 60,000, 80,000 sellouts. And I'm sure if they've done an American tour, they're doing an American tour next year. Is it, is it next year or the year after they're doing it in New York and you're going to go down there with Manny and stuff? Is, is that right? No, no, that's the World Cup, isn't it? The World Cup, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's in but 2026. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree in a, in a way that it's more of a, a marketing thing. I don't think necessarily that it really... Uh, 
adds any advantage to the preparations. I think anything that they do um, abroad, they can do, you know, at London Colony and in the preparations and the fitness. Obviously, playing the the friendly matches is obviously a benefit just to kind of put yourself up to uh, other teams and see where you stand. But again, that can be done um, without traveling in incredible amounts of miles um, you know, to Singapore or China, but again, it's that's just the way to be able to market the club across the globe and and continue to grow. So there's the pros and cons, but it's over now and and we're ready for the real thing. And and it seems like it's been forever, at least for me, it does. <laughs> well, yeah, because you've been on you know, expeditions with Mexicans <laughs> and you know <laughs> donating body parts and and things like that. <laughs> so, so, but um, things that stuck out to me on the Chelsea game because the one I watched, I didn't watch the Lazio game so much, was Bellerin's performance, which Manny touched on. Uh, he gave away the penalty. He was generally shit, and he was outshone by a player who we'll touch on in a little bit, um, who came on and didn't play in his natural position and played in as a right back and actually was quite good. Smith Rowe performed well again, and unfortunately, we lost uh, Kolasinac, Kara Kolasniak. Um, to a knee injury so he's out for 8 to 10 weeks and Monreal not ready back from the World Cup gives a little bit of a problem so we, we probably have Maitland-Niles in at left back against City um, the Stockholm game uh, it was an Arsenal player uh, it was I don't know it was all over the world Taria got 60 minutes anybody Mike you said you watched that what did you make of Taria? He looked decent I mean it's still early on I I I watched him closely. I watched Licksteiner as well. Um, to touch on what Manny said, I don't understand how anyone can say that Licksteiner wasn't a good signing. I think he's going to be a great signing. And to be honest with you, I I personally would start him over Bellerin, at least for now. I think the only advantage that great. he has... I think the only advantage that Bellerin has over Licksteiner is his pace, but he doesn't necessarily use that um, in a positive way all the time. Licksteiner is better defensively, he's more aggressive, and he can put a service into the box. Um, Torreira, off the ball, he looked good. He was occupying space. Um, he's aggressive. He, you know, he he's more like a box-to-box. Um, you know, he fills a lot of gaps that maybe Shaka isn't able to do, Ramsey isn't able to do. So I think and, that'll and, be... And he's happy to drop back into the, you know, the, the defensive positions as well and pick up on the wings and stuff like that. So he's Correct. all over yeah, the place. Do the, yeah. He'll do the dirty work that maybe we don't have someone to do right now. And he's content with sitting deeper and allowing the other players to get forward. So that's the positive thing of of him being able to balance, um, you know, when to go forward, when to drop off. So I think he'll be uh, a breath of fresh air for us in that midfield. Uh, Trev, you got to say something on that? The thing with a player like Terraria is, I've murdered his name there, he <laughs> needs to be like Gilberto. When We need someone like that that you just don't see much of, that's neat, tidy, picks it up, plays it, and just sits there. Well, in That's fairness, what we've been crying out for. We we we've commented last podcast last season about El Neni, and El Neni is not as good as Gilberto, but he's a still still a very understated player, and and comes across a bit that way. Um, I think the only other thing that I had to cover on the preseason was uh, obviously uh, Reese Nelson scored, and he's been over- offered a five-year contract. Hopefully, he signs that, and uh, he gets some game time. Some in the Premier League and and obviously the the um, the Europa League and the cup games, um, and and played in his correct position, which he wasn't done before. And talking about positioning, 
Um, Emery, uh, Mike, or Manny, um, pop in on this one, but. Um, Emery done a lot of experimenting. He done a four four two. He done a four two two two. He just changed things around quite a lot, and he seems to be experimenting again. Preseason, that's what people are going to do. Um, but he looks like he's a lot more flexible in the way he sets a team up, and he's willing to change depending on the opposition. Who's going first, Manny? You haven't spoken for a bit. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm actually. I'm happy with that. Um, obviously, pre, pre, like you said, preseason is the time to do that. But um, I'm hoping, you know, the players kind of take to that a little bit. I mean, it's going to take a bit of time for them to to get used to, you know, switching formations and, you know, in a game and to actually adapt to the opposition. So I'm hoping that they take to that. Um, I heard that he started. It was a four four two that he started with against against Lazio. Again, I didn't, I didn't watch the game, so I wouldn't know. Um, but I'm hoping that, you know, that they've been doing some work on that, um, in training so they're ready for the season, you know, and they, they kind of understand that, listen, we may start a game this way, but if the opposition are operating this way, then we'll have to switch it that way. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. At the moment, I'm happy with it. I'm just, I'm just hoping the players take to it. Mike? Yeah, they did start in a 4-4-2, um, against Lazio. And like Emery said, after the match, they, they didn't look uh, very good. Um, I also think that, again, it's preseason. Um, although players are trying to prove themselves, they're also being cautious and don't want to you know, overdo themselves and get injured. But I think what also contributed to that is Enketia started up top um, with Lacazette. And although Enketia has a lot of uh, potential and there's a future ahead of him, hopefully, He's obviously not that same type of player as, you know, maybe Obama Yang and Lacazette are going to be up top. So having Lacazette and Obama Yang up top together is obviously going to um, attract a hell of a lot more attention, not just from the center backs, but also the deep lying midfielders. So that's obviously going to create a little bit more space for the guys like Torreira and Ramsey and anyone else that operates there in the middle to kind of move a little bit more forward. So I think it's going to take some time. I, I can't, I don't think people should expect to be able to transition to a 4 4 2 right away because we've operated in something similar to a 4-2-3-1 for years. And the league so, doesn't really operate in a 4-4-2 anymore either, does it? Correct. And having that option, I think, is a positive. And I think Emery will kind of give us that flexibility where maybe Wenger wasn't as prone to making changes apart from the last maybe 10 or 12 games of last season. But um, it's an option. It's something that they're clearly working on. And we have the personnel to be able to do it. Um, it's just it's, we, we need to be patient because we can't just change it from one day to the next and it's obvious and it showed that so um again i I just think arsenal fans need to be patient and understand that this is a work in progress and and hopefully we'll get to the point where we can use other options apart from the 4-2-3-1 and i think we'll get to that point but it's not going to happen you know week one or week two of the season go on trev and as well emery really favors a 4-2-3-1 he has done throughout a lot of his career. He played it at Sevilla, he played it at PSG. Yeah, he does. And, and I mean, it's worked well for him, right? I mean, he won three Europa Leagues with Sevilla. Um, he won, uh, you know, quite a lot at PSG. Uh, obviously, he didn't win the Champions League, which is what they wanted to do. But um, it's, it's a formation that he's familiar with. And I think it, it makes sense because 
for Arsenal, like I said, we've operated in something very similar to that for years. So the players are kind of already ingrained in that philosophy. There's just some tweaking that needs to be done off the ball in terms of pressuring and the transition from attack to defense and defense to attack. So there's there's going to be some minor tweaks there, but I can't imagine him coming in and wanting to, to change things drastically. And, and the fact that he's he's comfortable with that 4-2-3-1 in the past, I think will will help the transition a little bit more. Manny, you have anything to say on that? Yeah, um, dude, it's going to take a lot of time for these guys. Um, it may even take half of the season for them to actually start to understand what Emery wants to do because, unfortunately for Emery, he's inherited a group of players that are ingrained in tactical shambles. You know, So it's going gonna, it's gonna to take some time. And, and some of that tactical shambles was coming through against Chelsea where the, defensively it was all over the place, you know, so... Well, hudson Adoe. Oh, my God. He was roasted. ripping Bellerin to shreds, you know. And, and the, the only thing he was really doing was just was just coming at him with pace. And we keep talking about Bellerin's pace and how that's his biggest asset, but he was getting outpaced by that young lad. You know, he because was Because he can't ripped. defend. He, that, that's what I'm saying. And, I, and Mike was right, and I agree with him when he said that Lickshiner should start. Because the only thing Bellerin does have is pace. He doesn't have defensive awareness. He doesn't even know how to use his pace properly. I don't know what's gone on because when he first burst into the team, that's what he was doing. But he seemed to have forgotten how to do the basics. Like I said, he cannot cross his T's. He's, he's, he's terrible defensively. So the only thing he has is his pace. I was um, um, Sorry, go on. But, but that aside, um, everything that Emery wants to do and everything that he wants to implement is going to take some time. And I really hope... That Arsenal fans, Arsenal fans will be patient and will understand that it's going to take a bit of time and not jump on, you know, the manager when two or three results don't go his way. And the the opening games are the open two games are difficult. But getting back on the uh, the Bellerin thing and and Listiner, um, Licksteiner, um, Lickstein, Licksteiner, oh dude, that listen, Licksteiner. Nick Steiner, there we are. Thank you, Santi. Um, <laughs> um, he, I was speaking to somebody today about about the Lazio game and saying I hadn't watched it, and this guy had seen some uh, stuff on Twitter, and people went absolutely nuts on Twitter uh, when Nick Steiner was on the pitch. Within two minutes, he made a tackle on somebody, laid on him, and put him right to bed. And there was a battle going on between the whole time, and it just showed somebody with a bit of bollocks at last. Yeah, yeah, Yayich wasn't happy about that challenge, and they they went on they went at it for for most of the game. But it was funny when Licksteiner came off, Bellerin got down the line when he came in, and in his first cross, the commentator was actually talking about Bellerin's inability to put up cross into the box, and literally Bellerin's first cross went across the whole area and only hit the ground, almost at the at the sideline. So it was just more proof that. You know, you go from someone like Licksteiner, who's experienced, you know, has done it at multiple levels, can put a service into the box, and he did it with his left and his right foot, which Bellerin can't even do it with his right foot at the it moment. Will, it will be interesting to see if Licksteiner starts on Sunday or Bellerin. I th- think it'll probably be Bellerin, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, the, other, yeah. the, the other thing, we're to- talking about... Um, Emery and change and stuff like that, and just wondering how much credibility and credence and this is not i'm not trying to be negative but how much credibility and credence um he's got with it with um within the club or a much sway within the club um callum chambers four weeks ago i think it was signed a new 
four or five year extension on his contract. Unai Emery came out and said um, he is very important part of uh, my th- this season. Uh, you know, he's going to be a really important part of this season. And yesterday he goes to Fulham on a year long loan. And I believe I've read somewhere, I don't know how true it is, but there's a 11.6 million pound option that they can buy him. Um, after the the year, I, I, that bit I'm unsure about. I've just read it in one source. But what do you think, guys? Not all at once. I'm a little understated with Callum Chambers simply because he didn't really set the world alight. Middlesbrough, Arsene Wenger had multiple looks at him and didn't mind sending him back out on loan. Same as same as Jenkinson. He if was he voted do it at Fulham. I, could, I don't see it being a problem in going. Fair point. But he was voted, I thought, one of the players of the season at Middlesbrough, even though Middlesbrough got relegated that season. Um, he actually was voted one of their top four or five players at Borough. Uh, I do I, I, I do understand people's reservations over him, and he shows moments of, you know, real good promise. I was going to say brilliance, but that would have been too strong. You know... We've had we've we've got lots of those. Since we're into the the, the transfer window talk, um, hold on. Before you go to the next topic, I'm yeah. surprised Manny didn't jump all over Trev for the um, not being on the Callum Chambers bandwagon. And and just to touch on it, on the I'm I'm surprised that we extended his contract if the plan was to send him out on loan. But I guess I understand as well to give him a little bit more time um, to hopefully maybe next year come back or we, we move him on. But again, just to kind of put an end to that conversation and, and to just reiterate what Trev said is, uh, you know, he was at Middlesbrough. He was, he's played at Arsenal. He's, he's played in the premier league, you know, even when he was at Southampton, he's played, uh, or at least at the top level, close to 100 matches you know he's probably bordering around 80 matches if you add in champions league domestic cups he's close to 100 and again he hasn't really improved and when you look at rob holding he has less than probably 35 matches at the top level so if you look at the two of them i I would take rob holding all day over him um just because he hasn't had as much exposure at the top level as chambers has and Chambers really hasn't developed, and I know that he he did better towards the end of the season. And Manny's probably waiting to unmute himself so he can have his share his opinion. But uh, I I I just cannot again. It's a new season, but I still cannot convince myself that Chambers is a player for a club like Arsenal just based on the experiences that he's had to this point and hasn't really had that breakout phase, in my opinion. Come on then, Manny. Uh, you've been called out. Well, the reason why I am not going to agree with Mike is because he's going to sit there and try to convince me that there is a good player in Granite Xhaka. So <laughs> I'm, I'm not about to sit here and, and agree with either of you. Right? Because in, in the whole time that Xhaka has been here, he has not showed me anything at all. And you cannot tell me that he has shown Arsenal fans anything at all so if you're going to sit there and then say that Granit Xhaka there's a player in Granit Xhaka then I'm going to sit here and say that there is a player in Callum Chambers and I've seen that in Chambers while I haven't seen that in Xhaka so you're going to say that that. you're going to say Chambers had a good stretch towards the end of the season last year right well he did okay so you're going to tell me that Xhaka didn't have a good stretch of about 10 to 12 games last year 
No, no, he did not. Oh my god! No, he did not. Ten to twelve games? Are you oh. serious? Oh, is, is this what you're going to tell me here? Ten All to right. twelve games? All right. We'll Seriously? Leave, we'll leave it at that. I will say, let's talk in October. With the ability, with the ability that apparently, with the ability that apparently Granit Xhaka has, right? And in the whole time that he has been at Arsenal, he has not shown that ability at all. All right, we'll talk in October. Let's see how he adapts to uh, Emery style, and then we'll talk. Oh yeah, in I'm not gonna. Oh yeah, I'm not gonna say anything else about him. <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything else about him. I'm not gonna say anything else about most of the players that uh, we have signed up. He will be included, Bellerin included. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stay silent. I'm gonna say, you know what? I'm gonna give them a chance because apparently everyone's got a clean sheet now that we've got a new manager. Okay, then when it comes to to January and we get to the new year, we'll we, we'll have this conversation again. It's a fresh start for everyone, Manny. Us included. <laughs> oh, would I get forgiven now, do I? No. <laughs> no, not for you, though. <laughs> uh, and uh, it looks like the Jeff didn't get forgiven either. He's uh, not looking back in anger. Do you see what I did Got there? it. Got it. That yeah, was a I am terrible a bit... joke. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that was a terrible <laughs> joke. <laughs> yeah, meanwhile, I can, oh, I can meanwhile, Carl Jenkinson is still in. Oh the my team, god! Uh, <laughs> oh, how how is this kid still here? He's oh, so good god. at just keeping his head low. Oh my god, god he is. Bless him. Oh, you know, I was watching. A t there was a training video uploaded on um, Arsenal.com, right? And I saw, I saw Welbeck was back. And then, like, it, behind Warbeck was Jenkins. I'm like, oh, my God, how is this guy still here? Was he tying someone's boots or was he actually playing? No, he was actually making a pass. <laughs> and, and like you said, he's really good at keeping his head down. It's just, oh, I'm like, why are he, you still here? He was no getting one wants him. He was getting recoated in Teflon. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, two shit jokes in a row. Great. Yeah, I think I'll give up, <laughs> I think I'll give up on the jokes. Um, on the subject of... Um, some people might might uh, my say my feeling on Jacker just to touch on it before we move right away from it. Yeah, is that technically he's got everything you'd expect from that sort of midfielder. He's got an engine; he can put himself about a bit. Tackling leaves little to be desired. He has a range of passing. The one thing he hasn't got is the mental ability to play ninety minutes constructively. You don't know what Jacker you're going to get from one minute to the next. He's a dumbass. He's a dumbass, that. that's what he is. But I think what contributes to that is Arsenal's uh, inability to be effective on and off the ball. And there was a lot of times where all of our midfielders and defenders were exposed in stupid situations because we didn't know how to transition from defense to attack and attack to defense. And we basically overdid a lot of players that shouldn't have had to do as much running. So hopefully with the reinforcements that we've brought in, it'll help that. Oh my god. I, I honestly think Xhaka is the product of the statistical way people we buy footballers. Yeah. Because, you, yeah, he may have a great passing percentage rate to a certain degree in some leagues and matches, but sometimes you have to look at a player and go, yeah, he can actually really play. I mean, he was making the same errors that he does with us at Switzerland, for Switzerland at the World Cup. So this whole, oh, Xhaka needs somebody to sit next to him. Xhaka needs this, Xhaka needs that. Xhaka's crap. Simple as that, he's crap. So obviously Xhaka's a fan's favourite. Um, looking at another fan's favourite, he's just been dished out a new five-year contract. Alex Awobi. Manny's favourite. <laughs> God, I hate that, I can't stand that kid. 
I can't stand that kid. I can't. I, can somebody please tell me what he's done to merit a five-year contract, please? That I can. I'm finally in agreement with you about something. <laughs> what the hell has that nappy-headed boy done <laughs> to earn five years? What has he done? Right. I have no it, idea. We, the only ex- the same excuses people use for Iwobi are some of the same excuses that some people do for Ozil and they do for Xhaka. For Ozil, it's like, oh, he hasn't got the players around him. For Xhaka, oh, he needs somebody sitting next to him. For Iwobi, oh, he's young. Oh, he was paying no, no, under no, no, Venga. No, 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 oh, he's no, got no, time no, to no, develop. No, no. It's the I, same excuses. I am interrupting on this one. I don't think they use the same excuses for Xhaka and uh, Ozil. I think they use the no. same excuse. No, hang on, hang on. They use the same excuses as they used for the likes of Jack Wilshire, the likes of uh, Oxley Chamberlain, the likes of Aaron Ramsey to a certain degree. But especially Jack Wilshire and Alex Iwobi can be quite linked because of their being. They've come through the academy. They've this, that, and the other. And listen, That's the not guy must. That's the, not what I meant. What I'm, what I'm saying is, you know, people use excuses for Ozil, just like they use excuses for Xhaka, just like they use excuses for Iwobi. Not that they use the same excuses, whatever, maybe I worded it wrong. But yeah, yeah, carry on. No, 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 that's all right. I was, I was just thinking, I, I think he, the only reason I can see he, why he's got um, an extension on his contract is, one, to give him some value, he's young, um, he's homegrown, they've got all that sort of stuff. But he is a product of the academy, he is used... So- no, but he's used in the academy an example as if you work hard, do do the job right, you can work your way through. You don't have to be playing, I don't know, as a foreign player and be bought in and mega money. You can work your way up into the first team. And he has done that successively. He hasn't been a success in uh, the, the, the the starting 11 per se. He's, he's, he's in or around it. I think he was probably exposed too much to the, the, the first team a little bit too early and I'm hoping under new tutelage and new management that he you know he can develop he has got something his finishing is a bit off his finishing is um, crap yeah it's awful it, 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 the thing it, is right you've it's better than well back handled the situation is I would have gone you know what you've got this season to show me what you can do you've got this season to impress me I'm going to give you chances but show me go out there and show me what you can do and then at the end of the season, if you have performed, we're going to sit down and we're going to have a conversation about where we're going to go from here. But to give him a five-year deal before the season starts, when he hasn't done nothing, when he's been one of our worst players, right? you're rewarding, essentially, failure for me. He's, he's been terrible. Strong. He, had- he played too many games to be able to be loaned anywhere when we realised that he really needed to play a season somewhere week in, week out. <laughs> there we uh, go. A fuck up by your regime. <laughs> Do you disagree with me? I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so that's the transfer window done. Uh, do we think it transfer window finishes on Thursday, which is tomorrow evening, um, nine p.m. tomorrow evening? So just we're seven p.m. here in London. So it's just over. 26 hours, uh, just under 26 hours away. Do you think we're going to sign anybody else? Botang, uh, with 90 million was talked about. Will Ramsey, these are just Boateng short answers. Botang or Dembele? <laughs> uh, no, 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 wasn't Botang, Jerome Botang was linked with us? I saw something. Oh, hell kick- no. Hell I didn't yeah, see ki- that. No, no, no. no, no. 90? Uh, there was something in Fuck Kicker. That. There was something in Kicker uh, in Germany. I got a message this morning from my uh, door. 
no, he's not 50, worth. He's no, not sorry, worth fifty, let no, alone million. No, no, no fifty million. Sorry, fifty million euro for Botang. Oh, no, even that's expensive for him. Yeah, no, but no. but now now United are looking at getting him on a on a on a loan instead. Cool. So, I heard he rejected United. I heard he he actually had a conversation with Mourinho and rejected them. That's the last I saw. But I wouldn't okay. take him. I'm not a fan of his. No way. But I'm, no way. I'm hopeful that before the window closes that we bring in at least one more player, whether that's an out-and-out winger or another center back. But I've also seen rumors that Mustafi's on his way out and potentially Welbeck and the Vida uh, rumors from, uh, I believe he's at Besiktas, um, mm-hmm. are picking up. So... Hopefully, if Mustafi goes, we pick up another center back. But even if he doesn't, I would like to see another center back come in. Could could we sell Socrates? No. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? Oh, I, 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 do, do How you many beers it? have you had? None. I've just had one <laughs> beer that I opened. Wait, I just you said none, kinda... and now you just said one. So well, which not, one is it? Uh, it's not completely <laughs> finished, so it doesn't count as one. <laughs> so you are having one. I'm ha- <laughs> Manny. Yes. See what we have to deal with, Trev? <laughs> <laughs> New season, same Fergus. Same Fergus. Same old Fergus. Beers are judged in half pint and pint, no other fraction. <laughs> and, and I'm not a half pint in, Trev, so there we go. So I haven't completed a half, never mind a full you. one. I so don't there we even go. believe you. I don't um, believe you. So <laughs> I even forgotten what the fuck I was going to say. Do there you guys think it. Lucas Perez goes? I see West Ham's oh really God. linked with him. Um, yeah, you know what? Yeah, he's gone. He's gone. And, uh, and honestly, I blame the old regime for this one because he had a, we had a decent player in there. There was a decent player in there. That was a dick was, fight. Yeah, it was. It really was. And when he was given the opportunity, he was scoring goals out at, at Bournemouth when we needed a goal. Um, in, um, I think it was the FA Cup away to Preston. He performed well. Um, you know, out away to Basel, so he was he was performing. He was coming on and scoring goals. I do not understand why a player was signed who had ability and he was being ruined and he was being treated like a scrub. And now he's. I think I think we might regret this one. Honestly, I think we should have kept him. I would have had I, him. I over I I, w- yeah, I I was just going to say I would have kept kept him and got rid of Welbeck. Uh, even Enketia to a certain degree, but Enketia could stay in and work his way through the Europa League thing and so on. My my, my point that I got uh, accused of um, drinking heavily on was Socrates, just very briefly, what do people make of him? Because I've not been impressed in pre-season. Hold on, can I, can I just make a quick, quick, very quick point that we can go on to Socrates? Go on to anyway. I think we have, I think we have a, a, we have some problems shifting, you know, some of these players and again, when we do shift these players off, you know, we're selling them for small, little fees, and I think it's, it's huge big, wage demands, Manny. That's it, what it is. It's, it's huge not even. It's not even. Wage we, we have bang average players on huge wages. So when these clubs show their interest and they want to sign these players, they look at the contracts and go, you know what, we, <laughs> you got to bring down the fee a little bit here. Hence why we're selling them for so cheap, and some of these players we can't even get rid of. When we first sold Bentner. We were paying half of his wages Ex- for two oh. years or something. This goes back. This is the same thing. You're so right, Manny. We are, we are paying top dollar for m- mediocre. For bang. Bellerin is on a hundred grand a week, I reckon. Even if it's 80 grand a week. Can you... Do you know what oh. I mean? This is going to make him... I'm going to try to make Manny pop now. Oh, my Lord. This is... This is we've got bang average players that we can't shift on, on, on high wages... 
So, and when when these clubs are coming in to make bids for these players, they're just looking at the wage brand, they're just bulking at it, and they go, you know, we're going to offer you this. Yes, we're going to, we may not be able to pay these wages, but you can't expect us to pay those wages and that fee. One of them has to come down, you know. So we're stuck with some of these guys. Why do you think we only got what is it, twelve million for Cocklin in this market? Because he was, he'd only just signed a deal for over a hundred grand a week. Spot on. Six months back from Cholton. Speaking <sighs> of large wages, before we move on to the next topic, uh, thoughts on the rumors regarding Aaron Ramsey and his re- potential request for three hundred thousand uh, pounds a month uh, a week? Look here, look here. All right, I'm I'm getting tired of these of these of these this Ramsey story. Right, there's two choices. We we have done Ramsey all summer, haven't we? There's the, he's got two choices. Yep. Right, sign the fucking contract or get go get on Sean the sheep and ride back to the valleys, mate. That that's it. I agree. It's got <laughs> to be sorted out. He he does sorted out before tomorrow ends. Well, it doesn't have to be sorted out by, by tomorrow. We just don't need to sell well, him I guess to we can sell him. Well, I guess we, we, we still can sell him before the end of August. Exactly. Um, well, it still he, he, causes unsettled, uh, you know, unsettlement in terms of the, the dressing room, right? Not knowing what the he, hell's he, going on. He has he has every right to demand 300 grand a week. No, he doesn't. If, no, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. If he can, if Ozil can get... 350 grand a week he's out of contract uh, and he signs we don't have to big, pay a big signing fee for Ozil again we give him 350 grand a week we've set the fucking bar so if, because we've set that bar that we never went that high before Aaron Ramsey was offered uh, 180 200 225 now he's up to 300 and he'll sign. Uh, Ozil is not even he's not even worth being on 350 grand a week. Uh, but again, it doesn't matter. He, the fact I, is, I he is. That. I get that. All right. And again, we look at everything that we do, that we're having to deal with now in terms of these players and in terms of Ramsey's contract and all of that. You got to look back at the old stinking regime and you got to ask yourself why the fuck wasn't this sorted out sooner, right? And why the fuck was Ozil offered I, that much? I, I totally agree I, with where you're coming I, from. Right? I can't I argue with you. At the but same I think time, it's time this, to move on. It is time to move on, but with the, with the, this is what we're dealing with now, right? Everything that is that's happening with the club now was going on during the old regime. This is situations it, that should have been sorted out. The Sanchez situation, the Ramsey situation—they all knew that these contracts were coming to an end, and they did nothing. They just sat on their hands. But change the badge on your chest, and it's the exact same thing. Change at Chelsea, Courtois, uh, Hazard, Willian, uh, Go Pogba wants another two hundred grand a week. It's fuck player those guys. Ca- yeah, okay, but, fuck but, those guys. But, but, we're talking but, but, about Arsenal saying, Football Club. I, 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 I understand that a hundred percent. But whether. Ozil are whether Ramsey deserve 300 or 350 uh, grand a week. I don't think any player deserves that, but I think that's because we're real men and we go out and work for fucking not none of that. But- I'll say this. I'll say this and then end it. All right. Ramsey in the whole time that he's been at Arsenal has only had one good season. Right. People will point to that one season and they will point to the fact that he scored two goals in cup finals. But if Giroud wasn't in the team, Ramsey probably wouldn't have scored these goals. But that's the thing that people forget. He's, he's, I think that, hold on, I think that if Ramsey was to leave, we would not miss him that much. No player is going to How many games have you seen Aaron Ramsey play and he hasn't played a football forward? Oh, yeah. oh he's sideways backwards. He's, he's had too many 50 50 games to warrant 300 grand a week. He's, he's done. And if you want that money, prove it. 
he's never really proved it. Yeah, he's he's had his games, and fortunately they've been cup finals. Some players are lucky like that. But consistently through a season, he's shown that he isn't the midfielder to win you a league. Agreed. Why can't he can't offer that? Yeah, can't, can't really argue Spot very on. much with that. Can't Manny, really argue. This is a new season, and we've now agreed on two things today. I am impressed. Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> right, okay. Let's see if we can have some debate and argument about the new season. Our new season starts off with Trevor's talking about cup finals. Well, fuck me. We've got a Champions League final, a Europa League final, an FA Cup final, a League Cup final, and a title challenge game all rolled into one. We've got a really on form. Uh, I don't know if you watched them on Sunday against Chelsea. Uh, really on form, Man City. Um, I was hoping that their main concentration would be the Champions League and they're not worried about back-to-back titles. They would be, but, you know, I was hoping that a lot of their players would be still jet-lagged, hungover from the World Cup. They'd gone a long way and they'd have a lot of players out. But they played players. We didn't even play Danny Welbeck back into training. We didn't have him back into training until Monday. And he played what was it, 11 or 19 minutes in, in, in for England. Um, but they had all their players back in from the Belgian side already. What do we reckon is going to happen on, on this? Uh, I suppose, first of all, obviously, I'm watching. I'm going to the game. I'm going for a few beers beforehand. Um, where are you all watching it? Um, and then we look at what you think. There might be some surprises and maybe any of the lineups. Let's not worry about Man City's lineup. Let's look at Arsenal's lineup, and we'll close that bit before we go to our break on a score prediction on that, and we'll explain our new score prediction um, league that we're going to run this year. Uh, Miguel, you go first. I will be watching at home. Uh, the match, I believe, is eleven o'clock a.m. kickoff here, eleven thirty. Um, so fairly early. Um, uh, you can have beer at eleven. Yeah course <laughs> uh hopefully the wife doesn't have any plans for sunday because we'll have to schedule them around the match um but in terms of uh, lineup expectations like i said i think i would love to see licksteiner in the starting 11 um over bellerin just to not only to show that there can be change but also send a message to bellerin that says listen we know you're young we know you have potential but you need to earn your spot and that's the reason why we brought in someone like lichsteiner uh heart of the defense i don't see anything other than mustafi and uh socrates unless uh mustafi leaves um before the end of the day on thursday Left back, we have no choice but Maitland-Niles, which I still have my doubts on. I watched the Lazio match. He played on the left. There was a couple of situations where he got sucked out of the position again, and he just has no urgency to get back. He just jogs back, seems really nonchalant. Hopefully Emery can get it out of him um, with the new season, but I'm still, I still have my doubts about him. So I, I think the pace will help him. Um, you know, to make up for some of the mistakes, but we'll see how that plays out. Midfield, I I would be surprised if Ramsey starts, to be honest, given all the question marks over his head right now. I think Torreira goes in there. I think Shaka goes in there, despite Gunduzi's uh, sublime or pretty good uh, uh, preseason, given the expectations that he had going into it, given his age and, and the level that he was playing at previously. Um, and I think we're going to play with a... a 
three across the front, you know, in the four two three one. So Obama Yang's probably going to play out wide with Lacazette up top, Ozil pulling the strings, and probably Mkhitaryan on the right. Um, that would be my expectation. Anything different than that, if, unless Ramsey comes into that middle and maybe Shaka doesn't start, or maybe even Torreira given their late return. Um, but I can't see any massive surprises. At least that's what I expect. Trevor, what do you what do you expect and what do you hope for? I really hope the goalkeeping situation changes and Czech doesn't start when we go with the young German. To be honest, the back four does speak for itself and I would go with Lichtensteiner as well because I think it's the best thing for Bellerin is to show him that he can be kept out of the side. But maybe we'll go with Bellerin just because of his so perceived athleticism. But maybe a poor performance from Bellerin will get Lichtensteiner in the side for a few games. I Personally, I can see El Nini maybe starting with Torreira in the midfield. But everything else is pretty much like, say, Ozil, Lacazette. Manny? Oh, first things first, Trev, it's Lichtensteiner. All right. <laughs> oh, damn. Pronunciation uh, I just is not important. I want to call him Steve. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, Steve. He was mixing yeah, Lichten- Liechtenstein, the, the country, and Lichtensteiner together. Hey, oh, Trev, no. you're, you're in good company oh, <laughs> on no. the fucking side. <laughs> we, got, we got two Paul Mersons in the house. Um, oh, God. Here's, here's what I think. I think I think Czech will start. Um, I think he'll go with the experience. Um, consider I'm I'm looking at City's attack, and I'm I'm thinking Sterling and Sane will start. I don't I don't know what was this, what was the team against Chelsea. I don't care. Um, but it's gonna be a pacey from free, and again, the only thing that Bellerin has going for him is his athleticism. So I wouldn't be surprised if he starts. My biggest concern in that game is who starts and the, who is the centre back pairing. That that's my biggest worry. Um. Because and then Fergus was completely, you know, um, we completely forgot about this. But I haven't been impressed with Socrates either. Um, I think he's very slow and he's a bit rash. Um, so I worry uh, about that position. Um, I hope El Nenny does not start because he was trash in preseason. Um, I think Torreira will start alongside Xhaka. I think. Who else could you see starting? In the heart of the defense. I mean, obviously, if Mustafi doesn't go, he's most likely a definite. Who else mm. could you see alongside him? Whoa. Oh, God. I mean, we oh, got Mavropano, so we got Holding. <laughs> I mean, not much to choose from. Not much to you choose from? You almost promoted to play a three, then. Yeah, I can't. I, he didn't do that all preseason. I can't see him going to a three at the back. He um, generally sticks to a four anyway. Yeah, it's going to be a four. It's going to be yeah. a four. Um, I think if if okay, so let's 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 go with the notion that Mustafi starts. Um, considering what I saw in, in preseason, I, I would start with Holden because he he holds that advantage of both over. Socrates and over Mavropanos as well with the fact that he's got the experience in the league and you know he he knows the league and he knows how he is and he, you know he's familiar with it so I would go with that centre-back pairing um, because I, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking Socrates against Aguero oh boy that doesn't fill me with optimism you know I can agree but I also think that I can't see Emery bringing in someone like Socrates for the price tag that he came in at which in comparison to what 
goes on in the market today isn't much, but I feel like that potentially would show that maybe he's not 100% confident in the decision that he made to bring in Socrates to the team, opposed to maybe Spin something like... Slint bought Socrates. Mislint but, uh, but, but Whatever his gotta... name is, you know what I mean. <laughs> but, I mean, there's got to be some conversation with Emery at some point that says, okay, yeah, I'm comfortable. I can't see at this point someone like Mislintat saying, hey, we're going to bring this guy in and I don't care what you decide. I think there's got to be some sort of agreement at some point. Yeah, there's going to be some dialogue. I would, I would hope so because if we're we're making signings based on what Mislintat wants and sees and Emery doesn't want that, then why are we even doing this? Why not just have Mislintat do everything similar to what Wenger was doing, right? Wenger was essentially doing everyone's job himself and didn't have to have conversations with anyone. So... I can agree with your point, and I've seen rumors said the same thing, but I would I would like to think that that's not the case. But I guess time will tell, right? It surely will. It surely will. Um, my thoughts on the game, to be honest, I think yeah, I'm nervous about it. If I'm if I'm honest, um, excited. I'm really looking forward to getting back because it hasn't. <laughs> funnily enough, the last. Bar the, the, the like the Burnley and Wenger leaving sort of thing, uh, la- the last game of the season, the last real game I went to with any sort of hope, ambition of anything achieving anything was Man City at Wembley back in February, and I ended up walking out. Um, I'm hoping that we can get something uh, against City. Uh, they looked very very strong. Um, I'm not overly confident in our defence. I would rather Listiner start over Bellerin because I think just Bellerin needs to be put in the stocks for a few days and a few weeks just to, you know, wake up and smell the coffee and say he's got to work fucking harder because uh, he's just not good enough, cross his T's, cross himself in church, whatever you want, he can't do it. Um, Socrates, I'm unconvinced on. Uh, he's very slow, but we had Per Metasaka beforehand who was slow, but his reading of the game seems to be not as good as Per Metasaka, Tony Adams and some of those other slower um, uh, centre-backs. Mustafi, uh, open to a clangor. Uh, Mike, you t- touched on him possibly being sold. He won't be sold before. Um, he won't be sold inside this country, so he will be there on Sunday. If he gets sold, he'll be sold outside the UK, and they've got till the end of the month to get rid of him. And it will give them time to get somebody else to replace him because we don't have anybody else really. You've got Holding, but Holding and Socrates haven't played together uh, much or at all, I don't think, in pre-season. Up front, um, I'm hoping that we'll have a three up front with Ozil, um, uh, Lacazette, Aubameyang, uh, Mkhitaryan, that sort of four sort of attacking sort of... Thing and uh, I would play Terea, uh with either Shaka or Al Neni. I I like Al Neni. I think he's neat and tidy. Um, prediction wise, I'd go for one-one. I'll take a draw. I'll take a draw now. All right, I'm gonna go with two to one Arsenal. Okay, one all. Yeah, Trev. I honestly think the best chance of the draw is nil-nil, so I'll go nil-nil. Okay. What we're going to do, because we've done a prediction league last year, um, we done uh, what we're going to do is obviously myself and uh, Mike are generally here, except for in, in the summer when Mike decides to 
go wandering around, you know, Central and Southern Africa, uh, America even. And probably, <laughs> it'll probably be Africa next year because, you know, it just, it just goes missing when we need the time you need to fill space and, 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 and talk about stuff and need some creativity. Mike's nowhere around, but Manny was here. So Manny has uh, got a, a permanent seat at the table. So we will have Ferg, Mike, Manny, and guest and today uh, Trevor is our first guest of the new season and he will get if it's a correct prediction of a draw well then there's three of us getting a point if you get the correct score then you get three points so boys we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk about the elephant in the room Welcome to Guns and Yellow Ribbons. He is a box in the box, a tapping merchant, an Arsenal podcast. And he did it brilliantly. He did the job that he was meant to do. By Arsenal fans. I don't like the idea of selling to a rival. For Arsenal fans. How can you wish for Arsenal to lose? This is your Arsenal podcast. He will score the ugly goals. He's class. Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Harry Kane got so good now, he's ready to go to a big pub. I've just seen the headline. Wow. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. Right, so we're back. Uh, hope you enjoyed that little uh, bit of music and a little sample of some of the um, some of the previous podcasts we had. Um, Arsenal Football Club existed since 1886. Uh, we have been a publicly owned company for a number of years. Ten, nearly 10 years ago, um, we were all in absolutely delight that we had a sugar daddy American coming to Arsenal and who was going to launch us onto bigger and better things. And we were going to smash Chelsea, who had that Russian, uh, oligarch coming in. Uh, David Dean was there. Wenger was there. It was, oh, it was, it was great. Stan Kroenke was going to save our world. Then David Dean fell out of favour a little bit with the board. So David Dean had the ump and he teamed up with uh, Uzmanov and they started up Red and White Holdings and they tried to buy out and buy up as many shares as they come, could before Kroenke did. Kroenke ends up with 67% of the shares for various reasons. There's talk about Danny Fisman giving instructions to current board members and current share, share members about who they should sell the shares to and don't sell to the Russian, allegedly. Um, and uh, if they sold it to anybody else, i.e. the American, that under the condition he would never sell to the Russian. And yesterday... We see that despite Uzmanov trying to pay a billion and then two billion pounds uh, for uh, the 67% share that Stan Kroenke had, um, Stan Kroenke has paid 1.8 or offered to pay 1.8 billion sh- uh, value of the club. So it's about 550 million pounds to Uzmanov to buy his um his share of the club, which is 30%. So we give him 97% share of the, of Arsenal Football Club. He's got over 75%. So he can, if he wants and probably will, do a compulsory purchase order and buy out, um, the remaining shareholders and turn Arsenal Football Club, which has had, uh, fans and, um, uh, it was is part of the community as part of the fans and everything else uh, it will become a privately owned business ran from delaware in america uh, mike can probably give us a bit more insight into what delaware is and uh, i think it's a bit like a monaco stroke isle of man sort of tack 
Every damn business is run out of Delaware officially in the United States. It's ridiculous. I don't know why. <laughs> they don't have to report so much about um, accounting, and it's not yeah. as transparent. So that it's ridiculous. A lot of businesses can hide. I, mean, I have to be careful, but uh, people say they can. They don't have to be as open with. Um, they have to show their absolute bare minimum. Uh, Manny. Uh, <laughs> I know you wanted to discuss... We Look, we all wanted to discuss this. Um, and it's been uproar on Twitter. It's been uproar on Facebook. We'll go around the table. As I said, Manny, we'll start with you. We'll go to Trev, and I'll finish with Mike because I want to get the American concept because you know a bit more about um, his other interests and everything else. Manny, thoughts? Far away. Oh, man, it's, it's a complete disaster. And the thing is, um, you could see it coming, you know, throughout the years because... You know, Usmanov was constantly making bids to buy Kronky shares and they were continuously being rejected and it was coming out that, you know, he wants to keep Arsenal in in, in his family. Ooh. And and here we are now. And I think it's completely disastrous. I think we that there's nobody who can come to me and then make a clear argument as to why any Arsenal fan should be excited by this. We have somebody who doesn't understand the club. We do have somebody who doesn't give a shit about the club. We have somebody who's never given a penny to the club to even help the club. Money will be going through Arsenal and not to Arsenal. Um, we'll, we're just a cash cow, essentially. And I blame, you know, people like David Dean. I don't care if, if you know, he's seen as, you know, an Arsenal great. Um, he's a piece of shit for, for inviting this idiot into our club. Um, Nina Bracewell Smith, um, Danny Feesman, all you lot are cunts. Because, really? look, look what's happened. Look, look what's happened. I know, I'm, I messed up. I completely forgot about that. But, yeah, and that, that's how I feel about it. I, it really drained every bit of optimism that I had for the season. Um, I just literally, I was sat on the bus on the way to work and I was just completely broken by it, you know, because we have somebody who doesn't understand what Arsenal is taking it over. And do you, do you think like there was a couple of points I pick up on there? The one, um, the timing of it was atrocious. Awful. The other thing, did you not see the writing on the wall when we all could see something was changing when Josh came over in May, in March, yeah. and he was going to do mm -hmm. three months uh, doing a thematic review of Arsenal Football Club. And yeah. when you started hearing the noise of Ivan Gazidis, the man who ousted Wenger from Topple the King, uh, almost, um, him and Josh working closely together, got rid of Wenger, um, and then he chucks the towel in, or is apparently chucking the towel in, for me, that raised huge alarm bells about it. And why the fuck didn't do this when they got rid of anger and just the whole thing, the whole thing together, beginning of the uh, beginning of the summer? I don't know. It, then to be, it's it just it stinks. You know him completely. You know controlling the club means so many different things. No more AGM. Um, that everyone who has bought a share as an Arsenal fan because they love the club, that's going to be taken away. And we're going to have somebody who just, he does not care. You know, the dialogue between Kroenke and the club is non-existent. You know, he only shows up once or twice a year, if that. You know, he's never spoken to the fans. He doesn't speak at the AGM. We don't know what his vision is, apart from if you're reading an, uh, an interview at, uh, on the mirror or something. He's never actually spoken directly 
to the fans about Arsenal or about anything to do with Arsenal. The only thing you hear is a, a quote of him saying, oh yeah, we want Arsenal to compete. Where is the proof of that? Since Kroenke has actually taken over this club, have we competed? No. Do we compete? With, we never compete with other clubs when it comes to transfers anyway. And that's, that's not going to change. You know, so you, nobody can expect that to change. But we don't challenge on any front at all since he's taken over. You know, and I keep on asking myself, why did we move to the Emirates? And it feels like every person who was involved in the building of the Emirates, the move to the Emirates, the running of the club since the move have benefited except the club itself and the fans. We're the ones who are truly suffering about this. And it kills me that somebody like him is going to be running this club and doing whatever the hell he wants with it. He doesn't give a fuck, man. I'm done. <laughs> Trev, um, you're next with your uh, 50 cent worth, as they say. What, 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 what's, what's your overall feeling about it? Right. I don't have a particularly good feeling about it. I feel actually, ironically, the only man that would have maybe had a say against it, we sacked last year. Well, he didn't need to go, but Arsene Wenger would have been the only man that would have said anything against taking the club away from the fans. There's not much more to say than what Manny did. It's going to be awful. We'll see Manny redirected away from Arsenal. That we, This is football's most prosperous time. We're living through £180 million transfers for Neymar. This is the most profitable a Premier League football team will be. We may get it for five years, we may get it for ten years. But where this should be, money should be used for our future, it won't be because it will be funding baseball stadiums and ice hockey rinks. Will it though? And other things. I think it will because he's shown that plan everywhere else. He's taken money to fund other projects to expand his empire. But... And he just wants to grow an, ex a, a, an empire exponentially. So I can't see, as long as we're there or thereabouts, which we always will be. Let's face it, we, our woes would only ever be that we're about the top six, sometimes in the top four. That will be our woe. Never really pushing for the league. But it, That's our woe. Our Arsenal Football Club is set up now, and Wenger done this as well beforehand with financial fair play and so on, uh, set us up as uh, a self-sustaining business model. And if we're to remain, if we remain that, and Cronky. Um, uh, uses us as leverage to further his American football dream and everything else, but not damaging us. Is that all? I'm playing devil's advocate here. I'm, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I can't see how it won't damage us. I can't see when every other club, because we haven't got the Glaciers. Well, they, the, they the, won't be taking, listen, they won't be reinvesting the money like the well, Glaciers the Glaciers, aren't, the, the, the Glaciers are not reinvesting money. All the Glaciers are doing are further leverage in Man United. The Glacier, yeah, but they're using Man United's money. They're not taking any of the money no, out of Man United they're, either. They're using Man United's equity to borrow more money yeah. against Man United. So, yeah, but they're still building. They still end that they still will be a little bit more successful than us because they won't take as much money out. They, as they were only successful. That's just my view. Uh, no, no, no. I'm, and and I'm, I, 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 I agree with a lot what you're saying, but I'm also saying with it, like using the Glaciers as an example, um, they, they, they. If you scrape back off the surface of Man United, Man United are technically fucked. The only thing that's keeping them going is that they are Coca-Cola, they are Microsoft, they are the biggest brand in football. So yeah, and they will be for many years. So I will they? What about when the noisy neighbours get more and more, and 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 they don't have to borrow money because they get like everybody else's petrochemical money coming in? So I don't know. It, it, it's difficult. It's really difficult. Let's get an American point of view. 
All right, so I can. I've seen a lot on Twitter and and listening to your to your uh, opinions, and I can agree with some of it, and and I'm kind of optimistic, I guess you can say. Um, good old Stan Kroenke, um, American guy. He was born in Missouri, I believe. Uh, German heritage. Uh, there's a lot of people that are saying, you know, he's using it to help build his other empires, and I mean that's what business is about, right? That's what businessmen are doing, and he's not a he's a sports guy because he's he's got large investments in other sports uh, areas, but he's not a football guy, right? He's not he's just a entertainment merely guy, correct? And but on the flip side of that, this guy has a lot of money, right? And he doesn't need Arsenal to make money. I mean, he his net worth is about $8.1 billion, okay? His wife inherited Walmart from her father who passed away, I think was in, in the late 90s, all right? So Which his is stake Asda, Asda in, in the UK. Yeah, I believe they have a, a, a version of Walmart in the UK, like you just said. Um, but his stake in Walmart is valued at about $4.8 billion, okay? He owns the Los Angeles Rams, who just moved from St. Louis to L.A., and that was a big move because they just built a new stadium, or they're in the process of building a new stadium, and it cost an absurd amount of money, I want to say. It was originally uh, looked at to be about $1.5 billion. It's going to be $2 billion. There was a, a yeah, billion yeah. start-off, and it's going to be $2 billion now. Yeah, and the price went up. So he owns the Los Angeles Rams. He owns the Colorado Rapids in the MLS. He owns the Colorado Mammoth, which I believe is a lacrosse team. He has a THF Realty Group that he, he does. He's got the Kroenke Group. He's got um, Los Angeles Gladiators. He's got the Colorado uh, Avalanche. So he's got a lot and a hunting, invested. hunting TV channel. Yeah, he uh, he has that too. He owns the Pepsi the Pepsi Arena or Pepsi Center. I can't remember what it's called where the Denver Nuggets play. And and yes, his sports teams haven't been successful. Um, you know, over the last. Uh, 10 years or 12 years, some of them. Some of them have, some of them have gone up and down. Um, but I'm optimistic based on the fact that this is now his time to stand up and say, I'm present. I'm going to be fully invested in the club. And whether that comes in the form of him being more involved, him being more present, or him you know, dishing out some cash to make a marquee signing that says, listen... I was majority shareholder in the past, but there was other people involved as well. And we all know the hatred between him and Usmanov was there. It was more than obvious. It was public knowledge. Um, now that he takes full ownership, this is his opportunity to come out and say, here I am. I'm Stan Kroenke. I'm the owner, majority shareholder, owner of Arsenal Football Club, and I'm here to stay. And I'm going to invest in this club to be successful. And... Again, if he doesn't show up and do that, then I can, you know, the the criticism is warranted, and and, and it, the fans have every right to turn against him and and try to, you know, get him out of the club. But realistically, people making comments on Twitter and making videos on, you know, Arsenal Fan TV or any other platforms isn't going to push this guy out. Again, nope. he's got lots of money. He's a businessman. He's famous. He's popular in certain areas of, of what he operates in, and. Again, whether it's a hundred or a thousand or two thousand or ten thousand fans or banners at the stadium, he is not going to be forced out. Okay, when he decides to walk away, if and when he decides to walk away from Arsenal Football Club, it's on his terms when he wants to. Do you and not? There's not going to be anyone that's going to force him out. Do you not think? So I think we need to give him a chance. That's my opinion. I'm not happy about it. 
you know, obviously we'd all love to have, you know, owners like Manchester City who own a goddamn country. But that's just not the reality, right? There's only a, a handful of clubs that are going to be able to manage that. And, and we're not one of those at the moment. Maybe for the future, we don't know. But right now, we need to deal with what we have. Our owner has lots of money. So let's hope, and and in my view, I'm, again, optimistic that maybe it'll, you know, maybe he will be more involved and, and help the club going forward now that it's just him and no one else. You know what? I, I'm, I'm a little bit with you in that sense look i'm not i'm not happy about the situation it doesn't it doesn't seem to bode well by what we've seen over the last nearly 10 years but this is this is what we got let's fucking deal with it and let's not not try and get down about it um and create all that unrest within the stadium at least at this initial stage when we've got a change of era do you not think that cronky himself senior silent stan is 71 72 Josh seemed to have got involved. He seems to be around the club more. Do you not think, hopefully, he goes, look, you take care of Arsenal. Um, and he actually gives a shit and gets more involved. And maybe that would work. Absolutely. I mean, he doesn't... Again, he's got way too much going on from a business perspective for him to be heavily involved in every one of his, his uh, investments. Again, he's got major sports teams in the United States. He's got real estates. He's got you know, Walmart, he's got so much going on that it would 100% make sense to have his son, Josh, who understands the business world and the sports world probably more than he does to be heavily involved in, in maybe Arsenal Football Club and kind of get us to the point where we would like to see the club competing at the top level, you know, not just the Premier League, but also European competitions. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Josh more present than Stan mm. going forward. But at the end of the day, Stan is the one that's going to make the final decision, right? So that's going to, yeah, it, that's it, going to make or break the relationship. But hopefully, it, there's someone that's at least present, and and I think that, like you said, it's probably going to be Josh more than Stan. It's it's, it's his train set. And now with Ivan moving on, uh, Josh is going to have. I, I would take that role or something, something along that way. Trevor and Manny have both been. You, we got a we got a chat going on here as well while 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 people are talking. So um, to try and control each other's emotions. And Trevor and Manny both want to have a, a final say on this one. Trev, final say. What do you want to say? Right. The evidence is there that Kronky has always only ever looked to take money out of Arsenal. I think he took like. 3.4 million in like administration fees to Cronky Sports Incorporated or something. They take out everything they can. He'd done that two years running. He took 3 million two in three years yeah. running. 3 point something million. If they're niggling over a couple of mil like that, that, that basically funds a, a young player, say, why do you expect them suddenly to turn around now? He's, I don't see it. He stopped. I just don't see the business model changing. They say, yeah, you might have a big personal fortune, but the one thing I've learned about rich people is there's nothing they want more than a little bit more money. And we are just a little bit more money. And this, and in three years, we may all be wrong looking back after two league titles in the Champions League, but I don't see it. I just don't see it. And that's my problem. I, I never see us dropping out of the top six or something like that. I never see us never being there or thereabouts, it, but I can never see the true level of investment to get a championship winning team in football it from an American. It depends. I just don't see it. Uzman, Uzman off now might send his money across to Everton and go with Mishuri 
and they can push us out of the top six if you know it, we ended up in the relegation zone of the top league at the end of last season because there's the top six and we were very firmly in the bottom um you just need yeah but now we've done probably just enough to push back into it uh, yeah we've got a bamiang yeah, yeah, people yeah, get yeah, a good yeah. se- one whole season of a bamiang please believe me that boy's good for 30 goals let's get let's look at the positives because we've touched on nothing positive Really? Well done. We only had the tail end of last season with Aubameyang and Lacazette was a bit injured. Well, and Ozil hasn't played with both of them. Wait till Ozil and Mkhitaryan are both bang on their level. And we've got a bit of defence behind them. We may have a really good year this year. Lacquer got 14 goals and he, he was injured for quite a lot of the season and out of form and not played and brought on and brought off. Um uh, Abamyang do do ba do ba do scored ten goals and he only came there at the end of January. So yes, no, a hundred percent, Trev, you are bang on right. Let's be positive. Let's get behind the team and let's see if we can push on. And I put a bet. I've said it before. I put a bet on Arsenal to win the league. I think I've lost my tenner, but I do see us getting into the top four. Manny, do you want to have a, a final word on uh, this cronky thing before we wind it up? Yep. Fuck Stan Kroenke. All he ever does is take, take, take. We have a, you know, Michael saying he's got a lot of money. He's got a lot of money. We've never seen it. You know, all the money that we spend on players is money that the club has managed to scrimp and save for them to be able to get those players. So what's the point of having a rich owner if he doesn't, you know, invest a little bit in the club? So I'm not optimistic at all when it comes to Stan Kroenke. I'm not. And I'm going to give you guys a date of the 8th of August, 2019. Right. Next year, we're going to be sitting here at this podcast and we're going to have a conversation. Right. And we're going to see if anything has changed. We're going to see if good because a, a year is a long time. Will we see Stan Kroenke come out like Mike was saying? Is he going to come out and, and actually speak to the fans? Is he going to actually invest in the club? Is he going to have more of a say of what goes on? Is he going to give a fuck a little bit more? I'll give you guys the 8th of August 2019 and we're going to sit here and we're going to have a conversation again and I'm going to say to you guys nothing has changed. And I think you'll be bang on because Tim Pateman was on uh, another podcast, there is other podcasts out there, and he was talking about what's going to change. He owns what he owns 67% of the club, he now owns 100%. When you when you're a majority shareholder you can do what the fuck you want anyway. So now he owns a whole exactly. lot. Exactly, nothing's going to change. He, he can nothing's just be more secretive. I don't know. I look. I'm, I'm I, like Mike was earlier. I'm trying to be positive. I want to go into uh, Sunday's game, meet up with yes. people, have some beers, bring down the, the positive house. Is the, the, bring yes, down the, the positive house. is this, right? The positive is this that we have a new manager. That you know there there is a freshness about you know the the team and everything. This has brought it down. That has brought the, my optimism down a little bit. You know because you, I didn't want this to to ruin the start of the season. And for me, it has a little bit. But the positives are new manager, new dawn. I want to forget what goes on from the level above and then just enjoy the game. But believe me, I am not happy about this. And in a year's time, we'll have another conversation. It will be the same. Well. Can we have a prediction on how many pints Fergus will have on Sunday? <laughs> um, <laughs> ten pints. Oof. God. He's crazy. I'm going to go with seven, and he's going to record the video after the match when he's drunk. <laughs> Wait a minute, hold on. There's, there's a meet-up, and you haven't even told me about this. There's not really a meet-up. At West Ham, there's a meet-up. We're doing a meet-up for West Ham. Okay. Oh, okay. So wait. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm 
probably going to see Tracy and possibly John to give him some uh, ster- s- very stern words about his jokes. Okay, when you see when you see Tracy, right? Can you tell her to stop hiding? I'm still waiting to meet her. She knows what you like, and she saw you the last time she ran at the back door. That's a lie. <laughs> That's a lie, and you know it. Um, we will have some other guests coming on. I've got, I've um, been in touch with Trules in Norway. Um, he's going to come on at some point. Daryl Squires is hopefully going to come on at some point. We're going to have Big Steve back. And if anybody actually, for Big Steve, if you go on KMF, KMFM, which is Kent and Medway FM, they've got a vote for Busker of the Year. Um, vote for Steve. There's a chance that you could get a £150 voucher, I think, and he could get a £500 voucher. Steve's a musician. He's one of our admins on, on Arsenal Fans Forum. Go on KMFM, which is Kent and Medway uh, radio station. Vote for the Busker of the... Uh, it's a Busker thing, Busker of the Year. Um, and vote for Big Steve. Listen, guys, uh, Trev, thank you very much for joining us, being the first guest of the new season. Uh, it's been really, really good having you on. It's good having a different opinion, and that's what we're going to try and do throughout the um, throughout the season. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. I'll definitely come back if you have me again. Oh, I don't know. You have to pay us more. Uh, what, you mean you're going to drink the whole pint this time? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. You've teached him well, haven't you? <laughs> yep, he learned quickly. <laughs> hey, Mike, uh, are you going to stay around for the rest of the season? I'm going to try to, unless I get kidnapped again. Okay, well, yeah, we, we'll try and sort that out. We'll take that offline. And, uh, <laughs> I, listen, I'm Irish. I've got contacts. All right, perfect. <laughs> uh, thank you for behaving, uh, Santi. You've been an absolute star today. He's sleeping. Good. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing what whiskey does in his bottle. I know. <laughs> Shh. Uh, Manny, as usual, will be miserable. I am not miserable, man. I was just a bit pissed off. Just and I have a feeling that I might be banned from next week's podcast. But, uh, <laughs> it was worth it. Okay. Lads, good evening. Remember what to do, everybody. It will come up after this. Thanks again. Bye. You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.